Are you setting culture or are you reflecting culture? I am Meg and you are watching or listening to the open-ended podcast where we go deeper than the Sunday sermon. And my name is Mike. I've been a Christian for about 20 years, but I've been really uh, focusing in on being a better Christian for about the last 12. Yeah. Hi, guys. Hey, man, I'm actually really excited to be here and doing this stuff with you guys. My name is Joe Parks. Uh, man, I get to get the honor and the privilege to uh, lead Eureka Faith Center, Foursquare Church, uh, as the lead pastor uh, just for a little over a year now, man. And it's nice. been super cool up here in Humboldt. I love it. Yep. yep. Welcome, Joe, to episode number two, your first one with us. So in episode one, we talked a little bit about spiritual warfare and some of the stuff I'd been going through. Mm. Now, you don't, you and Kathleen don't know anything about spiritual warfare, do you? It doesn't happen. happen. <laughs> Nothing's been happening lately. <laughs> you feel that, you feel that, man, hey, every day is a battle, man. You have to uh, be spirit-filled every single day yeah, absolutely. to engage in battle because it's real. Right. So Meg and I kind of gave our advice on how we handle spiritual warfare and how we protect ourselves about it. Uh, do you have any quick, uh, any ta- any quick tips for those our listeners out there that? Yeah, you want like the cool thing, like I always know what I'm doing, or do you want like the truth where it's like? Uh, we want the truth. I wish truth. I could have moved on that way yeah. quicker. Yeah. Why did I go into the flesh so easy <laughs> when our fight is not against flesh and blood? But that's what happens, and I end up falling into that direction mm-hmm. and just over the years it's been like you know if i can just get a little bit faster of moving in spirit versus a flesh reaction i think that's i think that's just the encouragement that i have for everybody because we're in that battle all the time uh it's constantly around us but recognizing it the discernment aspect is the biggest part um that it's not just the world around you uh that there's much bigger there's something that's happening in the heavenly realms and we have to we the quicker that we can discern that the better that yeah. is yeah yeah that's great advice that's right on with what your advice was too that's perfect i love that all right so thanks for the advice on that let's go ahead and jump into the topic this week you were talking about daniel not in the lion's den yet nope. but daniel and it was in the part with nebuchadnezzar and it was daniel four fours where you picked up mm-hmm so I really like some of the stuff that you had to say, like set the culture or are you reflecting the culture? Be the salt and the light, make things better and brighter. He gave some real good advice on that. That uh, <clears throat> Actually, uh, and what Meg talked about there too in the opening is, are you going to set or reflect the culture? Are you going to be a, a thermostat or a thermometer? And uh, that all actually came from week one of the series. It's a bigger series called The Daniel Dilemma. It's actually all uh, comes out of an incredible book by Pastor Chris Hodges called The Daniel Dilemma. And uh, I would highly recommend getting that resource because uh, he takes it way deeper. Uh, but we're going to dive into some of that right here on Open Ended on going a little bit deeper. But um, yeah, those are those are a part of that, right? You, you're, you're either going to reflect or you're going to set wherever you are in everything that you do. And uh, I think what happens though is we don't, if you're like me, uh, I can just go along with everything, Boop, you know, and I'm just like strolling along with all the things and I, I'm just in it, man. Like what's happening? Oh, we're doing this next. Oh, we're doing that next. And not recognizing that I am actually going down a path that I really don't want to go down. And I am just, uh, I'm just on board for the ride. And I'm, and a lot of people live their lives that way. Mm-hmm. A lot of people do. So we have to really purposely think about that. Am I going to set or reflect? Uh, am I going to set, am I going to be the thermostat that sets the culture or am I just going to be the thermometer that reads it? Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, the salt and light stuff is all about, uh, Jesus said that for you and for you and me, not Meg, but just you and me. <laughs> that <laughs> makes <we're>, perfect. <laughs> she's fine. She's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See, uh, that, uh, actually, you know, we are to be the salt and the light of the earth. Right. And why is that? Like, why in the world do you want to be salt? Well, mm-hmm. One of the things salt does is make things better. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> if you use the proper amount, which actually I love that because you want to talk about going deeper. Don't oversalt things, bro. <laughs> because yeah. you can. You you see. You know what I'm talking about, right? Don't overcook your meat. Either. Like is that, is that one of the topics? Is that one of the yeah? I know advice? you and your bloody meat. No. So, <laughs> no. 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 Listen. Uh, what I'm saying is, 
you, we see that in culture, man. But we see it in the church. The oversalting. Oh. Oversalting in the church, man. Where I thought about that. It's so much. It's then it's too much, right? Mm-hmm. And it's the right amount that makes things better. If you put too much in, what does it become? Disgusting. Yeah. Right? Like you want to spit that out of your mouth. Right. And you can put too much salt in it. So you have the right amount. I mean, that's going deeper. We didn't do that on Sunday. Uh, but yeah, man, you have to put the right amount. And when you put the right amount of salt into it, mm-hmm. which how do you do that? How do you put the right amount? You have to be spirit led. It goes back to your last episode mm-hmm. of the battle that we're in. Well, how do I know what the right amount is? You will only know through discernment. Right. Does the metaphor of salt here transfer over into like, are we talking over spiritualization of things? Are we putting too much Mm-hmm. too much in and and getting burnt out like what kind of oversalt 100 percent. that's all a, of it that's another one yeah yeah that's a great one uh yeah we can overdo it right what does god talk about he talks about moderation yeah in our lives well even in that where you can if you don't do things in moderation like take a weekend off then you <laughs> then you are gonna you're gonna burn out yeah because you're oversalting so a good example of that would be probably the guy that is, uh, his family is completely falling apart and his kids are screaming for attention, but he's the number one volunteer at the church. He's the number one that's doing a lot of, so like the spirit led filled guy at the church, mm-hmm. but his home life is completely falling apart. Mm-hmm. Is that what we're talking about? Didn't have well, enough salt? I think it applies. Yeah. And scripture actually refers to that, right? Mm-hmm. Where how could you possibly lead the church when you can't even lead your own home? Yeah. I mean, that's Bible. So yeah, man, you have to be home is number one ministry, right? Home is number one. If it's just like a may where it's just her and her husband or you and just you and your wife or me, if I had, you know, I had two kids growing up. Mm -hmm. So, uh, it just, you have to be the minister of your home before anywhere else. Right. So it's that we're talking about. And then the oversalting of maybe over spiritualization. Mm. So for the church goer or they not church goer. Are we setting the culture? This is what I'm hearing you say is, are we setting the culture by not oversalting it? You're not going to run up to someone and say, turn or burn. <laughs> I'd say that's oversalting. Yeah. Kathleen, right? My wife says, uh, I don't want anybody yelling at me. Like, I don't like to be yelled at. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't ever, ever want to be yelled yeah. at. And so that I think is just an example. There's more people out there than not with that attitude. Yeah. There's not a whole lot of people yeah. like to be yelled at. Versus to just write <laughs> where someone might not be understanding the message fully and you encourage or say something to them that helps them understand it mm. better than they mm. did before. Is yeah. that kind of what you mean by Nailed that? Nailed it. Yeah. And how does that happen? Spirit led. Discernment. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's the best chef, right? Yeah, man. The, that's why your <laughs> opening episode is like the greatest episode because for that, uh, that's what we have to be led by. If we're not led by the Spirit and you're just banking on Joe, you're in trouble, bro. Right. <laughs> it's not good. Just Joe is not good. 100%. Yeah, I did that on purpose, by the way. No. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's you're amazing. <laughs> it's really led. So diving into the topic a little bit more, uh, into the story actually a little bit more, a little Nebby. I liked how you referred to him as King, Nebby. King Nebby. King Nebby. Nebby. Little, little Nebby sounds like Little Debbie Snacks. <laughs> I'm going for little some Little ne- Debbies right little now. Nebby it snacks. is in the middle of the afternoon. You're looking yeah, for a exactly. snack. Uh, little, Snebby, little Nebby Snacks is the green beans and the... <laughs> Yeah. The, the, the raw vegetables. Man, I don't recommend snacks. it, but that pneumonia, I dropped 20 pounds. So I didn't eat, I didn't oh. eat it for a couple of weeks. Mm. Like, that is not the diet I wanted to go on, but thankfully, Got no it. more little Debbies for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to keep that off. Yeah, King King Nebby. <laughs> King Nebby. For Nebuchadnezzar. So, yeah, King Nebby. So when, when he starts off, Nebuchadnezzar, when he starts off in the chapter, he's reflecting. Mm. So he's not, it's not like... Daniel came in and told him the stuff. King Nebuchadnezzar is reflecting on what had happened to him in the story mm-hmm. and kind of going, I related so much to this story. One, because I've always been confused by Babylon. I didn't mm-hmm. understand that it was a state of confusion mm-hmm. or what it, to me, it sounds like a tropical place <laughs> in Babylon. Yeah. Like, yeah. The hanging gardens of Babylon. Oh, mm-hmm. it sounds so beautiful and right. tropical. I never related it until you started talking about it, that it was actually mm. negative. So the Tower of Babel, Babylon, you know, the Babylonian, mm-hmm. what did you call it? The Babil- 
Babylonian effect or what? Babylon mentality. Babylon mentality. Yeah, yeah that was it. Not a locality, but a mentality. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like you were saying, it is, it is actual locality. Ba Babylon is a real place. It was a real place. It still is today. Mm -hmm. It's just today it's modern day Iraq. Mm -hmm. And you could go grab some dirt out of modern day Iraq, right where they where they were. Like you can go there. Yeah. Uh, but when we're looking at scripture and all throughout scriptures, we kind of dove into that a little bit uh, this past Sunday is... It's, it's not as much about a locality as it is a mentality. Yeah. Right? And it is a spirit that winds its way into culture and gets in, involved in so many things that uh, seeps into our lives. And if we're not careful, we too easily fall into that Babylon mentality. Oh, so easy. Yeah. <laughs> so easy. <laughs> so easy. Uh, I was like being convicted while you were talking about it. I'm like, that's me. We're starting up this podcast. It's taking off. And I'm like, oh no, am I doing it for the wrong reasons? We got to keep ourselves in check on this thing. But no, we were talking about, uh, you know, and he, uh, he was condemned for seven years to being, was it seven seasons? Yeah. Yeah. Seven, seven years. years to be in a wild animal. <laughs> out with the wild animal. Hair, like the eagle's feathers and On claws. Like, uh, yeah, it was crazy. like a cow. Eating, yeah. Eating grass, grass like, like the cattle. And uh, yeah, he lost his mind, man. Lost his mind. It was a, a totally just a psychotic breakdown. Yeah, something I didn't realize. But we, we see that. We see that in our modern day culture. We see it when people have these psychotic breakdowns. Mm -hmm. they've, just, they've just got to that place in life where it just falls apart on them and they go... Crazy, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what happened, right? That's yeah. exactly what happened. And yeah. you can imagine being a king, right? And a leader of all of these things yeah. and the pressure and the stress that you're on. Mm -hmm. um, he's on the top of the world. He's like, mm -hmm. he's like Kobe Bryant, uh, the <laughs> kingdom, right? Kobe Bryant of Babylon? <laughs> yeah, Michael Jordan of Babylon. <laughs> he's on top of the world. No, I like your bees. I like how you go about those bees together. Kobe Bryant <laughs> Babylon. Yeah. Very exactly. well done. Nice. <laughs> or maybe the 49ers right now are on top of the world. Maybe. We'll see, uh, you know, future down the road if this episode hangs in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the news already predicted it's going to be the 49ers and the Ravens in the Super Bowl. So I don't know what. Uh -oh. You haven't seen that? that nope. meme yet i have not i missed that one i think that they just put it in as a filler and they forgot to take it out and they released it to the media <laughs> oh, no. as dolly parton and all the entertainers oh, are going to be no. in the super bowl but they put the 49ers i think it was the ravens oh. that sounds like something our creative team would do <laughs> oh, oh hey now no what was i think Gonna go. <laughs> Any listeners here, Joe is acting like he is stirring a pot and he is stirring the pot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good description. So what I wanted also to bring up to the listeners and everybody that was on that Sunday was that uh, Daniel was actually, he had another name because he was one of Nebuchadnezzar's chief magicians at the time, right? Well, Daniel wasn't one of the magicians, but he was brought into the royal guard. Right. And the royal group of, of what's it the royal guard of, of, of Babylon. Right. Mm -hmm. he's a part of their royal temple. He's a part of their whole group. Yeah. It wasn't like he was just like a nobody to Nebuchadnezzar. No, he, he was, was on the inside, which is why it was so important for us to understand him going in to take bad news. Like yeah. he was well aware of what would happen. Yeah. He could lose his life. But the way that my translation read, it sounded like Nebuchadnezzar really respected Daniel. He did. So that. Yeah, I can and that, that started from that. We studied that in the in the first part of the series of culture shifting of how they refused to do it because he said, "I want you to partake of everything of our culture, our food, our drink, uh, to be a part of everything that we're a part of." Mm -hmm. And if you remember, the scripture talked about they basically indoctrinated them for three years mm -hmm. and wanting them to take it in, but they kept subtly refusing that and light and staying and keeping like their diet and different things just locked up with yeah. uh, Jewish laws and their own culture. And, uh, that's where all of that comes from. But after all of that happens and they meet all of these different people that are a part of this Royal group that are special to the King, it said that Daniel and his three boys were the best of all of them, right? Of all of them. And actually what scripture says is 10 times better, uh -huh. right? 10 times better. And uh, that's what God does. Because it's times better than anything the world has to offer. The king's guards were eating the junk, right? They had all the fatty, bready foods, mm -hmm. and Daniel and his men were eating Sounds delicious. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Me too. 
That sounds delicious, but metaphorically, right? That's what happens is we feed on culture and we feed on the world mm. and the feelings of the world and the flow of the world where it's ever changing and constantly changing. And uh, it's empty. It's all empty calories. It's all nothing for you and your spiritual health either. So, uh, yeah, that's. Yeah, but exciting. it tricks you into thinking that you're, you got it all, you're good, mm-hmm. right? They eating all those carbs, they were probably feeling nice and full, mm-hmm. right? And we get tricked into thinking that we have everything we need and we're full, even if we're not standing on, yeah. on God's word with that. Perfect. I mean, I remember being there before really knowing God and I felt I had it all, it was good. Mm-hmm. I had everything, mm-hmm. but it's fake. Well, it goes right back to where you started, which is Nebuchadnezzar, right? In uh, Daniel 4, verse 4, where he says, I I have everything. Look at all that I have done, and I am prosperous and content. I, I, I. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Totally. I am, and there is none beside me. For sure. And we can relate that into so many ways into our life. You can relate to it, I'm sure, as a pastor of facing a church that, Look at what I'm building. Look at what I'm doing. I'm sure you can get caught up in that stuff. I can get caught up in that couple podcasts that I'm doing and just in my career. Meg, I'm sure you can get caught up in that with your worship, being up on stage, front and center, right? Mm-hmm. You can relate to that kind of stuff. But then 12 months later, what happens? 12 <laughs> months later, old Nevi, King yeah. Nevi gets a little gut check, doesn't he? I love, I love too that the scripture tells us that it was a year later. Yeah. Because could you imagine, you're not thinking about that. You're not thinking about those words yeah. that were spoken. Yeah. I mean, you maybe were for a couple of days, maybe a week. Right. And then you're realizing everything is still great in your mind. Yeah. And then 12 months later, while those words were him talking about how great everything mm-hmm. was, and that's when he's admiring uh, the hanging guards of Babylon, look at how I've done all this, and uh, boom, yeah, gone. Lost his mind. You know, driven about, out and then it says he's driven out you know talking about some brain fog he must have had some brain <laughs> fog going on right right <laughs> driven out to away from everybody to out into the wild because nobody wants to be around you yeah so if we can really quick uh i can put that into context with uh i, I keep this fresh in my mind what i went through so i sobered up for a while for about four years and started going to church. And I even remember I came across some old documents that I'd written while I was getting involved in church and really getting mm-hmm. spirit led. And I, and I read them and I'm like, who wrote that? It was all like mm-hmm. spirit filled right writings. And I'm like, and I realized that I wrote those back then. I was like, whoa, you, you knew what you were talking about back then. Mm-hmm. But fast forward four years later, and I'm smoking meth again. I'm mm. I'm going to the strip clubs. I'm doing a lot of bad things, and I had I had a lot of God in my heart. Right mm. then, I started mm-hmm. I started kind of like King Nebuchadnezzar. I thought, you know, I've got a great career. I'm on the top of the world. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, then I then I fell. He he stripped me. And exactly when I was prepping for the episode, exactly what it sounds like. He cut down, he cut me down to a stump. I called it mm. down to the bottom of my feet because it wasn't the ankles. He cut me way down. Wow, like, wow. yeah, that's to, a great illustration. To build me back up, like, yeah. kind of like the stump in the story and, yeah. and Daniel also. Cut it down to a stump, put a band around it, just waited until King Nebi was ready to, you know, uh, I don't know if he repented or mm-hmm. I can't remember what he did, repented or just, you know, went back to God. Mm-hmm. And got built back up was that chapter somewhere around verse 37 ish, mm-hmm. you know, repented and got built back up, got accepted all the way back into his kingdom, became even greater than what he was before mm-hmm. and just had all kinds of praise and, and really realized that he has nothing without mm-hmm. Jesus. Right. Well, he completely humbled himself. Right. That's what happened. Humble. And, uh, and, and he got to himself in that place where he said, nothing is greater than God. Right. So now he had reversed, right? He had reversed it where it's not all about me. I am and there's none beside me. Instead, he shifted it to God is amazing. He is He is the one. Mm-hmm. There's none beside him. There's none beside him, right? And he said that. He said his dominion reigns forever and ever. There's nobody that stands next to him. Like that's all the things that he's saying mm-hmm. to uh, the people, basically. 
And yeah, because of that heart, that humbled heart, right? That he acknowledges God, he humbles himself before him and exalts him as the king of all. Because of that, he's restored. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you could say, yeah, there's some repentance there, but I don't know if we read that, if we actually hear the words like, I'm sorry, I know that I did this wrong, but you see it in his actions and the reflection of his praise that he realizes that it's not about him and that it is all about God. And at that point, he says he's restored. And then when he's restored, because remember, life was like spectacular. Mm-hmm. And it says it's even better than it was. Right. It's even better than before. Yeah. We got to remember to bring to have a, a physical Bible on hand because the phone that I have my Bible on is recording this right now. But I'll go ahead and throw the scriptures up on the screen because they are really important when he changed his mentality. Mm-hmm. But I really think Joe hit the nail on the head with humble. Mm-hmm. Humble is a really good word. Mm-hmm. You know, when you, when you come back into, when, when you really screw up and get reprimanded by God and then you really humble yourself and get yeah. back around. I don't remember exactly what it was. Was it, uh, James at the end, James 4, 10, 4, 6, 17, 15. Oh, oh 4, 10, 4, 10. Or he says, humble yourself humble before the Lord and he will lift you up. And we don't know that scripture. We don't say it every Monday, do we? No. <laughs> it's part <laughs> of all. all of our recoveries. <laughs> yeah, we say it out loud every yeah, Monday. Yeah, out loud every Monday. Yeah. yeah. It's true though. You have to put yourself before him and that's the only way. And that is not the way of the culture. That's why you have to decide if you're going to set or reflect culture because culture says you got to look out for you. You got to take care of you. Yeah. And if you want anything great to happen, it's on you. That's, that's the culture that we live in. And that is every, you watch all of these, I mean, Gary, like all these guys that are out there pumping their YouTube videos up and they're explaining to you how you can rise to the top. And it's all about you and the hard work that you put into it. Mm. And they don't re, they don't talk at all about laying your life down before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Everybody pumps up you. You're the one that can do it. You're the one that can do it. And all I can say is I know me and it ain't in there. (laughs) Okay. It ain't in there. And you can sit there and play that game with yourself and you could definitely have success because King Nebuchadnezzar had success. Something's going to happen, man. There's two big main like tracks of this I see in culture. One of them is I pulled myself up by my bootstraps Mm -hmm. and I did it all myself in my own strength. Mm -hmm. And then there's this other kind of mentality that I've seen happen. I mean, it's been going on forever, but I've really seen it come to rise up, especially in the social media age is that like, it should come to me because I deserve it. I shouldn't have to Mm -hmm. do anything for it. And it's just, Mm -hmm. if I'm just putting out good vibes and thoughts, Mm -hmm. then things are just going to go my way because you know, I'm this amazing being. And a lot of self, like people pumping themselves up in that way too. Right. When they're not actually doing anything, they just feel that they just deserve it to them. <laughs> so Pastor Joe, I'm wondering what you would have to say if someone's struggling with, well, how do I conduct self-care then? Because my body is a vessel. I want to use it for the Lord, let's say. Um, how do you find that balance between self-care, taking care of yourself, looking out for yourself, protecting yourself, all the things you do have to do for mm-hmm. oneself and also humbling yourself before the Lord. Like where's the, where do those things meet? Yeah. If we want to lead a biblical life. That's good. I think it's funny too, to, to hear that, you know, Mike and I, these Gen Xers, right. We got that Gen X thing. And then I hear, I hear hear you talking about that. And the, just the word privilege just shoots Mm -hmm. into my mind. (laughs) Like totally. where did you get that from? Mm -hmm. But that's the generation gaps of trying to wrap my brain around that. But yeah. yeah. So how do you do that? That was a great question. So how do you do that for, it's all about that. And the sermon that we did, it was all about second step, which is acknowledging God. Mm -hmm. So when you acknowledge God, that he is actually the source, uh, you do need to take care of yourself. You do need soul care. You need self care. There is, multiple scriptures that refer to that, that you need to do all of that, that you have to take care of yourself. There's, the Proverbs is full of it. Uh, 
don't be the lazy ant sluggard, right? Mm-hmm. I think we read it today and that we're reading in the daily audio Bibles reading plan uh, as a church and we're reading that together. And I'm pretty sure today's Proverbs was, look at the ant, you sluggard, mm-hmm. right? Like there's a lot of scripture that talks about you have to put in the work. As a matter of fact, that's a principle, uh, a, a spiritual principle is you do your part and God's going to do his part. Bank on it. Yeah. So yes, there is a part where you have to do yourself, but you have to take that step of acknowledging God, mm-hmm. right? I have to acknowledge that the reason that everything is great is because of him, not the look at me, I deserve this. And it doesn't matter the generations because even the older generations will say that too, even though they'll probably say because of my family name, because of my heritage, mm-hmm. because of the work that I put into it, I deserve all of this that I'm getting. And that's the I am and there is none beside me mm-hmm. problem that we run into regardless of the generation that you're in. It's everywhere. Yeah. Man, that's good. And Jesus is the I am. So all of this kind of language that we have going on is he's told us from the beginning that he is the only one who has mm-hmm. the right to that language or those titles mm-hmm. of being the only one, right? Amen. So I love that. That language connects even when we, the world wants to taint it into ourself as a person and not as Jesus, Holy Spirit and the Father, my, mm. my one that one who is the I am. Yeah. That's really important because it's kind of like the parable. Uh, I don't know if it's actually a Jesus parable, but it's a story about the guy that's drowning and a lifeboat comes by and tries to rescue him. He says, no, God's going to save me. And then three that's other the one with the helicopter and stuff. Jesus yeah. didn't have that one. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't have that one locked in. Yeah, yeah no, that wasn't the parable. He, he didn't want to blow nobody's mind. No, it had been like a Ezekiel prophet. <laughs> <laughs> there was a wheel within a wheel. Yeah, it was a helicopter. Yeah, I've no, heard so, that though. But, but the, are those called a parables or are parables only called? Can you use that? Oh, you can use that. I, I call that a story illustration. Story, yeah, same, story illustration. same concept. I love parables, though. Parables are my favorite thing yeah. to talk about. But anyway, it's kind of the same along the same lines, though. Mm-hmm. Man, you got to put in the work. You know, Jesus <laughs> will bless you and give you the stuff and give you the knowledge how to do stuff, but. You're not going to yeah. hand it to you. You got to put in the work right. to do it. You got you to take that life raft, right? Mm-hmm. You got to recognize that Jesus is giving you something and take it mm-hmm. for sure. I'm, I'm blowing it on my references here, but it's another James. Uh, 117? I'll, uh, just tell me what it is and I'll Google it and throw it up on the screen. James, uh, he says, don't, don't just listen to the word. Do what it says. Mm. Like you, you, there is action that is involved. And then also John tells us, uh, not to just love, uh, in words, but to love in action. You got to put that love into action. Um, you know, and then there's the references of we are the hands and we are the feet. Right. James one twenty two is the don't just listen mm-hmm. to it. I missed it by five verses, man. So close to I do agree. Yeah. Yeah, that's so we've talked about a lot of good topics about uh Babylonian and getting an understanding of what it is and not creating our own towers and not lifting ourselves up and creating. important to I think to understand that for our context for the listeners, uh, is the Tower of Babel is what you're referring to, which is in Genesis eleven. Yeah. And in that the God confuses the language because the people said, we want to become great like God. We want to make a name for ourselves. So yeah, we're going to build a tower to the heavens, um, which, man, how often does that happen? Like, who's got the biggest tower, right? Like, that's a thing, yeah. right? Still today, uh, making how, a name for ourselves. Yeah. How many Instagram followers do you have? Yeah. <laughs> shoot, yeah. And uh, I don't know, almost a thousand. <laughs> <laughs> So, so, uh, don't throw me off, Mike. You're messing me up, man. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you knew you, you had to know, don't expect this from me coming into this. Oh, no. All right. Sorry. What were they talking tower, about? Babel, man? Building it up. The, the tower, Babel means their own confusion. Towers. The word Babel means confusion because what God did there, right, is he confused their language. Yeah. So at yeah. the time they were already all speaking the same language yes. and no one had any language barriers. Right. Mm-hmm. And then he said, I'm dispersing you. Yeah. Now there's all these different groups so that they can work together. They as can't easily. work together. 
Yeah. It's yeah. like he gave us so many choices, chances, like the ta- they gave us all the same language. He gave us no death. And then even Adam had to ruin that for us. And then he gave us all the same languages. So we all understood each other. And then we screwed that up as human yeah. beings, right? It was over free will. So God had to confuse us mm-hmm. with the different languages. Then we became so bad that he had to flood the world. Everybody is <laughs> like, it's like, how many times are we just going to screw ourselves up? Yeah. Like, we just yeah. send his son. <laughs> yeah, I just, I, yeah, I just send our son. Send his send son, his son. I know the next one's gonna be pretty intense. The, whole, <laughs> the next time he corrects us. Mm-hmm. But uh, some of the things that I wanted to talk to you about or ask you about, like I think we got a we had a really good um, discussion about you know not building ourselves up like King Nebi did. But something that something that I want your advice on. And this is just going above and beyond, but your advice. So like. Jesus, like with my, with Tahoe being stolen recently, that's, mm. that's stuff, right? It's my stuff. But, and, and I don't cherish stuff very much. Like, have you told that story though? Do people know what you're talking yeah, about? Yeah. Episode Tahoe being episode stolen. One. That's wild. The whole man. thing. Father-in-law yeah. having a father yeah. surgery, Tahoe being stolen. Got it. Yeah. Double yeah. pneumonia deep in my lungs. We and all that all. stuff. But. So it's just stuff, but it, it hurts, man. They mm. took my stuff, right? Mm. Violated. But then you look back with Jesus. Jesus didn't have stuff, man. And mm. the stuff that he had, he gave away freely. If mm. somebody came and took it from him, mm-hmm. it was just like, him, hey, turn turning the other cheek. You know, go, you must need it more than I do. Yeah. So it's, it's just, it's a confusion inside of me right now. It's like, I want to be the type that's like, turn the other cheek type of person. Mm. But like, if I confronted the person that stole my towel, I don't know if I'd be able to turn the turn my cheek so easily or turn the other cheek so easily. I think though, Mike, um, you're talking about how Jesus didn't have things and he just gave away freely. Mm-hmm. You, you have that heart. What? Yeah, you have that heart. That's who you are. Uh, you give away freely all the time. That's <laughs> oh, okay. true. All sure. the time. All right. So the fact that you do that, right. and that's who you are. Oh. So do you see how the enemy's like, well, how about I hit him yeah. where he's at and yeah. I'll take this and I'll take that mm-hmm. and I'll take this and we'll see how he likes it. Yeah. Sounds like spiritual battle to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, a good point. that's exactly what you talked about. Right. Yep. Yeah. So uh, I got to listen to that episode. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Man, that really puts it in the context. Cause what I really like about the way that Jesus lived and I try to live this so much is like, he hung out with the tax collector, collectors, the prostitutes, everybody else yeah. that our church circle doesn't always go out and hang out with. Not a lot of them, right? Mm-hmm. Not a lot of our Sunday service can say that they're hanging out with the the, the lower of the crowds. Yeah. And always, that always impressed me. I love that. I want to be that same type yeah. of person. Can I speak to that too? Yeah. Because we are doing that. We are doing that. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I mean, Christmas Day is a great example of a, a group right led by meg and some others yeah that, groups i can agree that, groups that went out and hung out right mm-hmm. and, but they hung out and fed these people and they're the same low life that would be described Absolutely. in scripture but they spent time with them and hung out with them and fed them and loved them mm-hmm. and i think that that was the case i think that you can still include that as a, that you're doing that mm-hmm. you are uh for the least of these and your heart is for the least of these. And we see that. We saw it in action on Christmas Day, which right. was amazing. And there was like 80 people out there or something that were touched by the people who just wanted to give them Jesus the best way that they possibly could on Christmas Day. And they did do that. And that's what Jesus did. Jesus went and hung out with those people. And that's exactly what we were doing. And Jesus didn't do it every day. Right? I don't know. I wasn't there. <laughs> I mean, but when you read <laughs> yeah. about it, he's off with the disciples. He's up on the mountainside. Right. He's praying over people, uh, you know. Uh, but then there were times when you had like the Matthew party, right? The Levi party mm-hmm. where Levi's like, hey, these are all the dudes I hang out with. They're a bunch of criminals and punks. Mm-hmm. You want to come over for dinner? And he's like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's how right. I feel yeah. when I go over to your house. <laughs> <laughs> no offense to my lovely wife, but yeah. has absolutely nothing to do with your wife. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, no. I think that that, you know, 
You you are doing it. You are. Yeah, no, and I 100% agree because every Monday night I am hanging out with the yep. people exactly that I need to be hanging out with. Absolutely. And other That's times, great too, example. There's tr- there's so many different groups in our church that do that with Meg and Stacy and Marco and all those guys. Mm-hmm. Dale Rhodes, all those guys do that kind of thing. Yeah. I, could you imagine the impact that we'd have if everybody, the whole 500,000 people in our congregation would do that, though? Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, uh, but I don't know if everybody could handle that. Though. No, see, that's uh, well, that's another whole episode right there. there you uh, go. Let's make a note. What is your shape and your design? Because your design is different than Meg's design, and Meg's design is different than mine. And I can't do what she does. And she can't do what I do. So, yeah, I think you've actually talked about that too. It was <laughs> your spiritual gifts, but hey, my, my spiritual gift stuff isn't. Uh, speaking in tongues or, or hanging out with the homeless, you know, yeah. it could be that you just might not want to do that. <laughs> you haven't right? tried it. Yeah. yeah. I don't think I want to work with kids. Have you ever worked with kids? No. Yeah. Well, how do you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, exactly. You don't develop a passion for anything until you experience it. Mm-hmm. You have no idea if you're passionate about it until you experience it. Exactly. And then once you experience it, then, you know, that was terrible or you know what? That was a whole lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And I want to do that some more. That's the only way you know. So if you haven't gotten plugged in somewhere to do something, go do something and then find out if you're actually about it or not. Sounds like a crafted adventure to me. Hashtag crafted adventures. (laughs) (laughs) So Meg, how do you feel about the Tower of Babel? You recognize any places in your life where you've built yourself up and kind of God's torn you down a little bit? Oh yeah, for sure. I think something that I've dealt with a lot and I think a lot of people do is something that I think it was totally an accident, but my parents are hard workers and instilled mm. in me that you work hard. It doesn't matter what you mm-hmm. do. You just do it to the best of your ability and you don't you don't give up, you don't stop. And I took that and ran with it that I am gonna go make really great things and I'm gonna make all this awesome impact. Mm-hmm. And it's because I'm putting in this work and even to this day, even this morning, I was driving in my car and this happens to me all the time. I have to just have God put me in check on the daily that it's actually, I didn't do anything. Mm. I am just being used and I just have to pour out. Thank you, God, that I had no power over any great things that are happening. I'm just so grateful that you want to use little old me to create an impact in someone's life that he is doing. And I just get to be used for that. Um, And the, the bowel thing for me would be, what accomplishments I'm doing in my job or whatever. But really the true accomplishment I think I'm beginning to realize is where God has brought my heart into just being so thankful that I get to get, I get to be used for that. Um, And I think he's always still shaping that. That's of course always going to be in process, but that's something that I realized in more recent years that like being good at my job is not my whole life. There's mm-hmm. so many other places to impact. You're talking about my household. I'm married now. So that's been a huge kind of mm-hmm. wake up alarm for me that I, my home is a ministry. Mm-hmm. Am I putting all of my time in um, work and making it seem like this big thing? And then my home has any sort of confusion or disconnect in it. Mm-hmm. No, like I can't, I can't settle for that just to be good at work or something, mm-hmm. you know, but, and this actually brings me to something I wanted to ask you about Joe, because this Babylon mentality, you might have said it in the sermon. I only watched one of the sermons of your two on Sunday. Mm -hmm. Imagine like most people, I think. Um, Mm -hmm. And it really struck me. So the staff is reading a book right now all together called Core 52. It's a devotional thing designed to, you have homework and a reading every week, 52 weeks in a year, Core 52. And the most recent chapter that the staff got to break down together was this whole, that pride is the root of all sin. It's the, it's the crux. Pride Mm -hmm. is the root of it all. If someone kills, if someone steals, if someone, anything, blasphemes, anything, it's because of pride. And I remember sitting there right in the beginning of your message and something you said right in the beginning, you said Something about it being, I think it, you were you were leading up to saying the Babylon mentality and you said like this is the, it's the center of all sin and it's the Babylon mentality. And I was waiting for you to say pride. 
And mm. instead, out of your mouth came ba- Babylon mentality. And as you kept talking about this, mm. and I was like, it's the same thing. Mm. <laughs> Babylon mentality is pride. Good. It's the same thing. And so mm. if anyone's like, well, let's say you got to this point in the podcast and you're like, okay, but I still don't get what Babylon mentality is. It's pride. Mm. It's having pride in yourself. So can you unpack that a little bit more about pride being the root of all You should have told me that before I spoke the messages. <laughs> and then we would have actually, people would have left so confused. <laughs> that would have been way better. No, okay. It was oh a fantastic Nobody left. I don't, I don't know if people left confused. I wouldn't say that they did. So, I love how you did I that too. That. Like you brought all of us like this hanging, listen to it. What was the word? What was the word? <laughs> you didn't say it. It no, is pride, and it, it can all be done. The, the book that we're reading is from uh, Mark Moore, and uh, that's what he talks about that. It's, that is at every single aspect, pride is at the root of it all, and it is the Babylon mentality. I am, and there is none beside me, yeah. which is found in that Isaiah 47, uh, 8 through 10, 47, 8 <laughs> through 10. but that's where that comes from where he talks about that and that is all about me it's all about me Mm -hmm. and we talked about how we live in a selfie generation you know Mm -hmm. today and it's always been a selfie generation we just didn't have our iphones to do it with but that's literally what nebuchadnezzar did when he walked out (laughs) right and he's like look at all that i have done look at all i've done it's amazing could you imagine if you had instagram with a hanging (laughs) guard to babylon he like would have had so many likes (laughs) (laughs) maybe even a thousand thousand. (laughs) wow so uh yeah i don't know if i'm answering anything that you've asked me but um it really is at the center of all things and it really is the babylon mentality is self yeah and, and remember what we said was that's exactly what Satan's lie is and his trick is. Yeah. He wants you to elevate self. You elevate self while we lower God. So we get kind of God kind of down and out of the picture and we elevate you because you are the thing. And that's what Satan's lie is, right? His lie is uh, Satan says, I'm all about you, but God's all about himself. So he just wants you to do his things and follow his rules. But I want you to do you, boo-boo. Mm-hmm. I want you to live your life. And do your things and follow your feelings. But what we talked about on Sunday was your feelings are fickle, man. Yeah. Those things flip and flop and all kinds of things. Any other F word? No, don't use (laughs) F word. Any other words that you can think of that it could do. It's it'll mess you up, man. And that's something for me. I think I've heard, you know, as I get a started relationship with Christians over these last three or four years that I've even been saved and started seeking relationships with other Christians is I've heard people kind of come to a place where they admit they realize, you know, all of a sudden I'm dealing with pride. And I kind of had always seen that as a, you know, that person is dealing with pride like I wasn't, you know, like that's their, that's their thing. I have my own problems and they're dealing with pride right now. And reading that chapter, honestly, to be honest, I could have admitted that I deal with pride sometimes, but it wasn't, I didn't have my eyes open to that being the root of every single sin that I've ever committed mm. and ever will commit. Um, that I, I thought it was one of those, I felt like really called out, but in a really loving way, because man, when mm. you bring that out into the light and can deal with it, it's just so much better. Mm-hmm. And the truth of the matter is I struggle with pride. You struggle with pride. Mm. You struggle with pride. And every single listener who is hearing my voice right now, you struggle with pride. And if you can realize that that is the struggle of the world, that is why we even have this topic to talk about, Mm. that pride exists there. It is an everyone problem. Everyone. It's not just your, your brother who just came up to you and said, ah, I just, I'm struggling with pride. No, they just had their eyes open to something that everyone else Mm -hmm. is struggling with too. Um, and it looks so many different ways, but it's all the same thing. Mm. And so that's like, for me, it's like, I know that I can, you know, in a non-condemning way, there's always, I can pray for someone else because I know that they're struggling and I know what that feels like. I can relate to them. I can pray for them. We can pray for each other that that would just be gone. Mm. Cause when that's out of the way, how much easier is it to just submit to God's will? When pride is out of the way, when I'm out of the way, God's will can 
He can show that to me so much easier. That's outstanding. I like it. So in, so in a way to be able to put it into a functional format going forward, and I'm going to use myself as an example and feel free to tear me down or tear me open because I'm totally, I'm totally, uh, I'm totally vulnerable to you guys. So in, in a situation where I know I'm doing good things, right? So instead of me saying all the good things that I'm doing, because I give all the credit to God. There's nothing that I've done, been able to accomplish. I know God, God had his hand in every single thing. Right? I did. But I don't always verbalize that when mm. I'm explaining things to people. So coming out of a function, something, something that we could leave this conversation with that we could practice in our daily lives. What would you recommend that I do when I talk about all the good things that are happening in my life? Should I start off with, do you know what God's been doing in my life or God gave me this vision and this is what it was, or God gave me this idea and this is what it was. How would I be able to use that better in my everyday life? So I don't become like a, Neb a King Nebi. You have a thought? Yeah, does that make sense? Did that make sense to you guys? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, my first thought is, I mean, I think that that question really wraps up this whole thing and puts a little knot on the top is when we're acknowledging God. So if you did say, you know, this is what God is doing in my life, what I've been really loving hearing with all this football talk going around is, oh my, I'm seeing so many Christian football players who so easily, and everyone would accept it, they come on to the TV, they get on their mic, and they could so easily be like, our team worked so hard and we did this, and I'm seeing so many of them be like, all glory to God, God mm -hmm. let our team do this, God let you know our strength in this happen. And I think that's such a good example of what that could look like mm -hmm. when there's such an easy victory to see. Let's say they just won a game or something, or God did something amazing in your life, not the <laughs> all the Tahoe being stolen, all that. Um, but he actually did do something amazing yeah, with all of that. Yeah, we talked about that. So when you're talking about that, I, I think that that's a great example and a great way that that looks like, like God did all of this stuff in my life. And especially for you, that's an example of God that brings beauty from ashes, you know, mm -hmm. that like something awful can happen and God is still good. He's still bringing something good out of that. And Sometimes the testimonial thing is, man, God's doing that. I'm getting all these blessings. God's so good. And sometimes it's God is still good in the midst of all these things. Mm -hmm. The sentence always starts with God and it always ends with good. Mm -hmm. And there's something in the middle that's either like always has been. He's still good despite blah, blah, blah. Um, I so, think that's the easy way to give him glory for what's going on. Right. So what I'm hearing you say is just put God in front more. So like give like, a, yeah, just put God in front more when I'm talking or trying to explain things because like to you guys, I feel like that you all know that God's blessing me and I don't have to explain to you that yeah. God showed me this, God's mm -hmm. blessing me this, I want to do this because of the for God. But I guess in my secular world, yeah, I definitely could say that more, you know, God really gave me this idea. And I do say that in meetings at work sometimes, it's like people ask me why I'm so able to talk to difficult customers. I'm like, man, I just pray before I start, before I make the phone call. Mm -hmm. You know, so yeah, nice. oh, that, that was my, uh, that was the addition that I was going to make is, uh, I did a lot of years too in the marketplace, the secular workplace, mm -hmm. uh, decades in that. And even in that, it's not like, um, I used all these opportunities to talk to, because we're out there working, you're doing your thing. You got to take care of your job. If you don't take care of your job, you won't have a job, mm -hmm. right? So you're out there doing it, but when there are successes or when the pressure is mounting, so many times, I can't even count the number of times that people came up and asked, how are you doing this? Mm -hmm. How are you doing this? And that's just, that's a wide open door, man. That's the <laughs> Holy Spirit just going, here you go, bro. Yeah. Here's the layup right here. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and it gives you that opportunity, I think. So you can go through all of these times and not like really not having this, I didn't acknowledge him right off the start, like the football player analogy, mm -hmm. which is so cool. That's a great one too, man. Um, but, and there are so many out there yeah. right now that are just, they're doing it. They're it's like, so Hey cool. man, I'm going to set the culture. There's yeah. so many, uh, stars out there that are setting the culture. It was super cool. Yeah. But, um, anyway, uh, God obviously knows your heart in that thing, but what is going to happen is why we have to be so spirit led and ready is the spirit is going to open a door. That's when they're ready for it anyway. Yeah. Mm. 
So it's not necessarily like, oh, I have to do this all the time um, because God's going to be like, it's not, it's not time. Mm. We're in, we're in, this okay. is not it. Yeah. But when they come to you and they ask those questions and you tell them you, that you pray and so forth, uh, man, who knows what God does with that stuff? Yeah. Then he takes it and runs with it. And you didn't even know. And then you know, like four years later, you know, this guy's out there preaching. I mean, who knows? Mm -hmm. Or just he's changed. His family life has changed. And it's incredible, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've worked with some of these people long enough that they have came back to me and said, hey, you know, you mentioned this in the awesome. meeting. You know, can we talk a little bit more about that? Mm -hmm. That's good. Just my biggest fear, and I think a lot of people's fears out there, is just becoming a Nebuchadnezzar. Like, Becoming on top of the world and for like everything's going good, say so forget about God, forget that He gave all gave you all that stuff. You know? It's kind of advice that we'll probably want to get out to the masses. Well, that was pretty much all that I had. Questions that I had. Did you guys have any follow ups that you wanted to chat about or anything else that's on your heart? Oh man, I'll tell you what, this is a great podcast. These are great yeah, discussions is. to be able to have. <laughs> and uh I'm down, man. I cannot wait to do this with you guys some more. I think you are a great host. And you do a great job, and I, man, I'm down. This is awesome. Perfect. Thanks, John. Tell your friends, man. This is where you hit that like button, you subscribe, and you share it with everybody. Right, right now. Do it now. Come. Yeah, we'll, pa we'll pause for you. We'll pause and let you go there. Come on back. Yeah. Yeah, man. Thanks for the encouraging words. Glory to Jesus. <laughs> Glory to God. That's our ending. Glory to God. Uh oh. Glory of the highest. Okay. <laughs> I mean, true. Glory of the highest. Do we do the cross too? No. First? Oh. Okay. Okay. All right, Meg, how about you? Any All closing right. comments? No, I enjoyed this too. I am excited to see us continue. This is only episode two, Mike. I mean, we've done a meet the host episode, so technically there's three episodes listed on the thing, but this is episode two of us bringing these topics to the table, the meat to the table, right? I think mm. we've mentioned this in every episode so far, so we might as well do it now. Heck yeah. Um, this idea meat. of Eminem, right? Mike and Meg. Um, but really, milk to meat is the, that is the whole purpose of this podcast. Um, and so we're excited to have people to come along this who want to grow deeper in relationship to the Lord. We are mm -hmm. after his heart. Um, it's not just knowledge. Knowledge is important, but we also need to seek his heart. What does he want for us? We are seeking to learn how to hear from the Lord. We are seeking how to study his word together. Um, and that is something that's really exciting. And I love us doing this. Um, so we'll continue breaking down sermons and, um, also having other episodes sometimes where we just chat about a topic like we did on episode one. Right. When Joe's out so, of town. Yeah. Or Joe's not available. Yeah. No, we do appreciate everybody. Like Joe was talking about, make sure and look us up on Instagram or YouTube, a deeper the open-ended podcast, deeper than the Sunday sermon. And then we want to hear about your towers that you've built, yeah. the times that you built mm -hmm. towers and were being a, a King Nebby. Let us know what your stories were. And you can email us at open-ended podcast or open-ended at eurekafacecenter.org. Mm -hmm. Leave no, it in the comments. No dashes. Leave it in the comments. We can see it there as well. And yeah. Yep. Definitely leave it in the comments. All right, that's all I have. So until next time, we will see you guys next episode. I don't know how to do an ending. Man. Glory to so, the highest. I don't know. <laughs> what, what's a good ending for a podcast? Bye-bye. Um, see you next week. Ready, break. Ready, break. Uh, you end a conversation. No, bye-bye. I love you. I'm out. Yeah. I'm I out. love you. I love you. <laughs> I'm out. Eminem. Eminem out. <laughs> MJM. Can't you do like some MJM. kind of Eminem thing? No, or something? we don't want to do any. We don't want to do that. It's just a couple of M's. <laughs> All right, it is going downhill fast. So, we'll Run see you guys train. next time. <laughs> Bye. Bye.